0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Catholic Pleb Podcast. Today, we're going to be looking at the genealogy of Matthew and Luke, because they differ, which is weird. So I'm excited to uh, finally share and, like, for myself, I finally, I figured this out not too uh, long ago. I read this passage from Augustine, and I was like, ah, oh, finally, sweet, an answer. I've been thinking and wondering why this this is so and why the two differ, and to me it was quite distressing because, you know, the Word of God is truth, and uh, without truth, and it's infallible, which means it can't be wrong. So if it can't be wrong and it's infallible, why do the genealogies of Matthew and Luke differ? So, yeah, I'm excited that we have an answer today, and I'm excited to go through the answer, so I'm not going to talk too long before diving into it. Excuse me. I lost the mic there. All right, so from this is from St. Augustine of Hippo, and this comes from Sermons on Select Lessons of the New Testament. Uh, Just FYI, there's a link to the full work of Augustine and the link below, as well as the text I'm about to read. So, here we go. There is another way particular to the Jews, in which a man might be the son of another, of whom he was not born according to the flesh. For kinsmen used to marry the wives of their next of kin, who died without children to raise up seed to one who was deceased. So then he who was born this way was both the son of his natural father and his in whose line of succession he was born. For Matthew, who is understood to make mention of that father of whom Joseph was born, enumerates the generations this way, this one, Begot the other. So as to come to what he says at the end Jacob begot Joseph. But Luke, because he cannot properly be said to be begotten, who is made a child either by adoption or who is born in the succession of the deceased, of her who was his wife. Did not say, Halle begot Joseph, but who was the son of Halle? If he was of kin in the succession of one deceased, enough has now been said to show that the question why the generations are reckoned through Joseph and not through Mary ought not to perplex us. All right, so... I'm going to unpack that a little bit, and I thought this was absolutely brilliant and beautiful. Why? Because there is a, a very cultural-slash-biblical reason for the two differences between Luke and Matthew. So, first of all, Matthew is Jewish, which means he's going to follow Jewish culture, and he's going to have an insight as or a deeper insight into uh, salvation history from the Jewish perspective. Luke, on the other hand, is a gentile, which means that he's just not a Jew, uh, and he's going to have a perspective that's more uh, similar to ours. So, first off, in explaining Matthew's view and explaining how Matthew comes to his genealogy, he says, or excuse me, Augustine points out that Matthew is not taking a genealogy from a perspective like we would, but a Jewish perspective, which is and houses, and names, because in the Jewish culture, lineages and genealogies are very important, which is why we're going through them in the Gospels in the first place, because it shows the either the noble characteristics or it shows you the importance of a certain person. So, for instances within both genealogies of Luke and Matthew, the thread of the genealogy goes through Abraham, and it goes through David. So, you have these important figures who are important throughout salvation history because they've been promised by Christ these things, in Christ as a fulfillment of the promises. So Matthew, having this Jewish perspective, is showing the genealogy according to Jewish law, which is established in Deuteronomy, and we're actually going to get into that a little bit later. So when when Matthew talks about a name, or he talks about how this person begot that person, he's talking about how the Jewish ancestry passes down, not as we know it, And I think at this point, it'll be prudent to break from explaining it and actually go into Deuteronomy itself and show you uh, what what the Jewish law is. All right, so this is going to be Deuteronomy 25, chapter 25, excuse me, verses 5 through 6. When brothers live together and one of them dies without a son... The widow of the deceased shall not marry another outside the family, but her husband's brother shall come to her, marrying her and performing the duty of a brother-in-law. The firstborn son she bears shall continue the name of the deceased brother, that his name may not be blotted out from Israel. All right, so that's super super important that if someone, uh, if someone's husband dies and there's no one to carry on his name, God is so loving and wanting to fulfill and uh, not fulfill, excuse me, wanting to continue their name that he establishes this law that the brother in law would continue that. And the firstborn son would, would have not the name of the brother in law, but the name of the uh, excuse me, what is it called? The name of the um, the person who died, the person who's deceased, so that their name may not be blotted out. So this is how the genealogy of Matthew, as Augustine sees it, would have different names than the genealogy of Luke. That indeed there was a widow, and the brother in law performed this uh, the his duty as a brother in law. And this firstborn son would have his Jewish father's name, which is not his paternal father or his blood father. And thus, the genealogy of Matthew has different names than the genealogy of Luke. In fact, this is such a very important point that um, that God holds uh, close and dear to his heart that there's actually another verse I want to share with you in Exodus. or Excuse me, not Exodus, Genesis. Uh, and that is... Uh, well, let's just get into it. Then Judah said to Anan. Have intercourse with your brother's wife and fulfillment of your duty. Just going to pause here, that's the brother-in-law's duty because Onan uh, is a widow and didn't have a son to perpetuate uh, her husband's name. So this is the fulfillment of the brotherly law duty. Pick and pick up. Uh, With your brother's wife in fulfillment of your duty as brother-in-law and thus preserve your brother's line. Onan, however, knew that... Oh, sorry, I got a little confused there. I said Onan was the wife. Um, That's not the case. Onan is the brother-in-law. Onan, however, knew that the offspring would not be his. All right, so again, the offspring not being his is because the name wouldn't be Onan's name. It would be his brother's name. So whenever he had intercourse with his brother's wife... so. Whenever he had intercourse with his brother's wife, he would waste his seed on the ground, to avoid giving offspring to his brother. What he did greatly offended the Lord, and the Lord took his life too. All right, so this is gonna be in the description. Um, and I'm I apologize that's a little broken up there, uh, too excited to explain what I'm trying to explain to be able to just say something. Continuous. <laughs> All right, so what we just have here is in Genesis, which happens before Deuteronomy, is that the Lord finds this um, this offense so great that He actually takes the life of Onan. And it's it's actually a really sad story because Onan is uh, so 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 selfish that he only wants to propagate himself, and he doesn't want good for his brother who is dead, his dead brother, that he seeks to to spurn him even in, in his brother's death. And the Lord uh, is so greatly offended by the selfishness that He takes Onan's life. Uh, but that is just to to show you the importance of why the perpetuating the name of the Jewish, the Jewish families, and how like in Genesis and Deuteronomy we have these cases where yes, it is indeed the case where you can have someone who fosters a child, but is not actually going to hand down his name to the child but it would be the name of his his brother who's dead so and that would be matthew's gospel right so it's going to be a genealogy according to jewish law and jewish history so that's how matthew has one set of names and then luke who is a gentile like us would look at the lineage of somebody by birth and by paternal parents so the person who actually fostered the child and Luke's eyes would be the son or the father of, right? So the, that's why Augustine uses the different words. You know, Matthew says begot, which is different than is the father of. Uh, so I hope that helps. I was super happy to figure that out because the Gospels aren't actually in contradictory with one another. They're just taken from two perspectives. And uh, one really interesting point about this is that, since Luke has this other lineage that he's able to trace back, and this I believe goes all the way back to Adam and Luke's uh, and Luke's genealogy, what it does is instead of being a contradiction like we first thought, and now we know the difference. It actually ends up being a double proof, because from our perspective, it was just Matthew's, so and you could say, well, maybe the genealogy of Jesus is uh, kind of not not really there because there was a broken line and and Matthew's because he's not, this person wasn't actually the true blood father or wasn't the person who actually uh, created and his brotherly duty, the act. So Matthew's gospel is actually just uh you know, it could be contested that Matthew's gospel doesn't have a true genealogy. So when Luke comes along and he shows you the actual, Blood heritage back to David, all the way to Adam. It shows you that the um, what's it called? It, it actually doubles down and it shows you okay, like there's both in Jewish and the Jewish tradition, Jesus comes from the line of David and comes from Abraham, and then and the Gentile tradition, the uh, you could maybe even say natural tradition, it's also the same case. So you cannot dispute that David. Or excuse me that Jesus comes from the light of David and is the fulfillment of the Davidic promise. So yeah, I think that's kind of beautiful when things that appear to contradict one another actually end up affirming it in such a beautiful way that it's uh yeah, it's beautiful, which is a really silly way of saying that something's beautiful by describing it as beautiful, but alas, here we are. All right, if you like this video, please like and subscribe, or if you are listening to this on a podcast, please um, share with your friends and subscribe as well. Uh, It's a pretty small podcast right now, and there's so, so much I'd like to do, and I'm excited. Things have been going pretty well. Uh, This is definitely not my only thing. I have a job, so it's hard for me to get these podcasts out as much as I would like to. I initially tried to do everything on a weekly basis, but that quickly deteriorated and was not sustainable. Uh, so now I'm trying two two videos uh, a month or two podcasts, depending how you are consuming this content. Uh, so yes, please. Thank you. And I hope you guys have a good day. God bless you.